This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey guys, welcome back to Marriage of Martinis. A long time coming. Sorry that we've been gone for so long. I'm Adam. Here's Danielle. Hello. And we're back. We've moved. We're settled now. I mean, as settled as you can be right now. We're literally sitting amidst boxes and... Yes, our podcast room is full of boxes and containers and wires. and. Mm -hmm. But we're here. Mm -hmm. And is it echoey? It's, it probably is echoey. We're going to have to do something about that. Yeah. We're we'll sorry. Fix it. We'll, yeah, we'll fix it. We'll fix all the sound. We're going to get it all worked out. But um, but yeah, it's been a crazy couple weeks. And I feel like one thing ends and then another thing begins. And now we're in the house. And I'm just figuring out life with the kids with school. And one of them, the school, my, our daughter, her high school, just went completely virtual till uh, the end of October. And then our boys, who are in elementary and middle school, are doing a hybrid schedule as of now, whereas A, B day. So luckily they're going on the same days, but it's like uh, they're B days because they're the second half of the alphabet. And um, so they're going from like 9 to 12 in the morning. Like it's... It's going to change. They're going to be virtual. You think so? I think so. But uh, but anyway... uh, so what I was thinking about was um, the fact that, okay, we've had this pandemic going on. On top of that, we've moved. On top of that, we have this, you know, virtual schooling, which I know is just like a, an extension of what's going on with the pandemic. And on top of that, I was dealing with a lot of OCD stuff. On top of that, we had other stresses going on. And I think right now, one thing that we're all feeling or at least many, many of us are feeling, is that this pandemic in some ways has become like a hurdle, a real huge hurdle for all of us. It's something that we all kind of have in common, except for some people who might be thriving right now. Like, you know, if you're if you're writing that novel that you've been wanting to write or you're taking this as an opportunity to, you know, start over in some capacity or whatever it is you're doing, that's awesome. But I think for so many of us, we're feeling so paralyzed right now in so many ways. Is that, do you feel like that? Yeah. Well, I think of it from when you say some people are thriving, you know, I look at it from a business point of view and standpoint where, yeah, if you're Target and you're Walmart and you're Home Depot, you're thriving. If you're Apple, if you're Amazon, like things are great. Uh, Zoom. Zoom. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, but Zoom became something because of this. Where those other companies were, you know, I, I look at this as far as retail because that's, you know, what I do. Where those are the ones that were thriving before. They were the ones who were allowed to be open during this whole thing. Everybody else was shut down except them because they were considered, quote, essential. So they're thriving when these poor, you know, small businesses are now Closing every day. Poor restaurants. Yeah. They can't, they, when are they going to be able to reopen? If they're going to be able to reopen. So many of them are closing already. It's it's really sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, people are thriving and the other half are just closing up and figuring out what's next. 
Right. I'm talking about it on, on so many different levels. You're talking right. about it from a business standpoint. Yeah. But, you know, That's Gwyneth I, Paltrow you know. had that controversial quote that she said right now that everybody should be taking this opportunity to learn a new language or... Oh, sure. You we know, all have that luxury. Yeah, too. exactly. And I think she got a lot of flack for that. But um, but I do think that it feels paralyzing. And, and, and that made me start to think about these limitations that we have especially now because of the pandemic, but even in life when it's not going on, what? Did she really say that? She did. I mean, that's I'm 99% sure I'll, if I'll, she I can pull did. up the quote. If she did, that's awful. Well, what? I think she was say. I think she was maybe trying to be positive, but yes, yeah, sometimes she does say things that are a little when, tone deaf. When maybe. a lot of us are trying to figure out like what we're going to do for the rest of our lives now because this pandemic destroyed us, learning a new language is not high on the Right. Well, I think people, maybe when they were depressed, she was sort of like, you can look this as a time. There's nothing else to do right now except do whatever I, it is that yeah. you've been on. I understand what she was saying and where it was coming from, right. but sometimes, you know, it's like when they when all the celebrities are like, "We're all in this together," and right. you know, and then you look at them and you're like, "Yeah, you're in a fucking twenty five thousand square foot house with a bowling alley, a pool, and you know, like uh, seventy five staff that are living in different houses, right. just quarantined, quarantined home. in your home, yeah. so they can take care of you." So, no, you know, we're we are all in this together, but a little bit, not no. so much. So. I do know where she was coming from, and I know where they're all coming from, but sometimes you say, mm, not so much. But it had me thinking about all the limitations in our lives that um, that we deal with all the time, and sometimes maybe we feel like have held us back, and some of us have overcome those limitations. Some of us have not. Some of us are still working on it. Um, when I put on Instagram to our community about you know these obstacles, whatever it might be, mental health or... Uh, a relationship that you were in or child trauma or whatever it is, 87% said they are still dealing with whatever it is, whatever that limitation is, that they don't feel like they've completely gotten over that hurdle. So I hope I did this right. Oh, I hope I answered. <laughs> I hope I answered my questions correctly here. Uh, well, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that you have. No, I know. I just, the way I saw these questions and the way we've we've been what we've been talking about so far up until now. I don't know if they relate, but we'll oh, we'll, we'll go and we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I I asked. I know I asked you like, what are some of your? We were so open about our my OCD and my mental health. And oh, I I have something about that, by the way. Oh, I'm sure you that do. We're gonna get to. Okay. I'm so excited. Yeah. And then I was thinking about, you know, you, you had a, you were ADHD, ADHD. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah. I, I had all the letters. When you were growing up, you had all the letters and, you know, you, you had other issues growing up and there've just been a lot of things that we've dealt with. We've spoken a little bit about, you know, when you went through that period of gambling addiction and I. No, I always correct you with this. Oh. It was not addiction. Oh, it was. My addiction was what? Escaping. Escaping. Escapism. Right. That was like an, right. Right. Uh, yeah. But, but like when you're addicted to something, you don't just stop and you don't do it anymore. Yeah. And that's what I did with gambling right. and drinking. Like I, I wasn't addicted to those things. I was addicted to escaping. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, whatever I it is. I just wanted to clear that up. No, no, totally. I, I get that. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I think back on those things. And it's so interesting because I, I, a lot of people said this also when I put it out on Instagram, but I think about my OCD in so many ways as something that has really also been uh, like a benefit in my life um, in the fact that I think it has made me a much more um, humane person. I think it has made me a much more compassionate, empathetic person. I think it's made me hilarious. I think that it has done a lot of really good things in my life. But obviously, it has held me back in certain ways also. Yes, so, it you has know. held us back. Oh, Okay, yes. <laughs> which, I right. will, which I will get to. Okay, but I'm just that. using that as an example. And I know we've, we've spoken about that, and that's the most obvious one. And I want to also just preface it with, we look, we could be talking about limitations from, I could talk about, you know, how being a woman, how I feel like in society, that's held me back. We could talk about how, you know, uh, race or ethnicity or religion or all those things have held us back. We, that could be a whole other episode. But these are more just personal things that we're going to talk about in this episode rather than, you know, those more generalized, obviously huge 
things that people deal with. Mm-hmm. But um, so, you know, I'm not I'm not forgetting or ignoring those things. We just didn't focus on them in this episode. Yeah. So I think I've kind of narrowed down to what my obstacles have been throughout my whole life, which has caused me to want to escape, want to go to the casino, want to go out to dinner by myself, want to go. And I, I look back and even when I was a kid, I see these things as, I don't I wonder if there's a term for this, of what I kind of found out about myself. Dysfunction? Well, d- totally dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. But I was never able to focus on the things that matter or the things that are important. I, I was always putting having fun in front of everything else. And that's even from when I was a kid. I think that's a very, I think that is a kid thing. You just never grew out of it. Is there a word for, is there a, do I have a thing? Like, is there a medicine? (laughs) (laughs) Is there a maturity medicine? (laughs) I don't know. Is there a Viagra for maturity where you just fucking get up there and age like you're supposed to? Like I, like, so my whole problem was like with school, I never focused on school because it was important. I never studied I never I was smart enough to get by and get C plus grades or right. A's in the class you were living knew. in the moment I, that's how I've always been that way and so like the things that I was interested in that I cared about like ask me any value of any baseball card of the 80s and 90s and I'm there like and I know it I'm like rain man with that stuff like things that I care about and even today yeah but rain rain man got rich off of it you didn't make any fucking money no because cards are worth shit these days okay well yeah not worth anything but but I've always anything that I was like dedicated to and focused on and if it didn't kind of matter I, I was like savant about it like I knew everything I was really smart about that stuff but what came to being important as far as grades, as far as thinking about what I want to do in my life, going to college or in my job, I never even thought about that. It was never even, I didn't care about it. Like it wasn't even a thought in my mind. And I don't know. I look back, like I, I just always struggled in classrooms. I always struggled in scenarios that I was not interested in. Mm-hmm. And now... Like, I, I don't want to adult. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that I, stuff. And we said in the last episode, you have done more fucking adulting in right? these past four months than I think you have done in your entire life. What about today? I mean, yeah, you put together some <laughs> fucking bookshelves, all right? But no. Oh, wait but- a minute. No, I put, the, put together a bookshelf, two clothes things. Mm-hmm. What did I? And another one. So three of those. To close things, dressers. And then I broke down all the garbage, got it all like nicely organized, ready to put mm-hmm. outside the curb. I did a lot of fucking adulting. Yeah, you got stuff done, but you have, you literally like the past four months had to figure out our livelihood. Yeah, but you know what? Because I love doing this. What? Like, I love, like, I love putting together easy furniture. Oh. I love like right. the real estate stuff. Like I was so excited to move into this house I was all in, ready yeah. to, like, although it sucked and there were so many yeah. awful experiences throughout this process, right. I, you know, I was into it. Yeah. So I took care of it. Well, one of the, the we always talked, one of the things I really loved about you from the time that I first met you and hated about you too, when I was 17 years old, was that you had this bad boy quality and it was really fun. But at the same time, I think, and I have some of that too, that, you know, I ha- I definitely have some of that bad girl, like, yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's Which why- is one of the things I love about Right, us. right. And uh, me too. But I also think that that has obviously gotten us into trouble. Um, and we've, we've always been the fun, the fun, you know, the fun couple, but that also comes with problems. I was joking with our friends are very, very good friends who um, I've been, we've been friends with for almost 20 years. And we were joking about something happened this week. I won't get into the details, but something happened at our house where one of our friends got hurt. Oh, no, no. We will get into it. No, we will not. I have that. No, you're not talking about oh, I it. I can't? No, not yet. That's the what I wanted to is, talk about. No, the wound is still fresh. <laughs> I cannot talk about it yet. We will, but I won't you, get specific. Exactly. Yes. So something happened and, and they were the same people. So he got hurt. Uh, we're in a new house. It's a new area. It was not our fault, but yet it happened. Um, and then 
he we all he was also there the night when you set fire to our friend's backyard with the <laughs> okay. fireworks. Don't so, put it so point blank. Oh, it, I put. Oh, I will. There. You literally set their house on their backyard on fire. Okay. But I was saying to him, I was like, oh my god, like we're going to be banned from all their parties and functions right. because we just bring fucking chaos. And I like, I know they love us and we're, you know, and I know that we bring fun and we're generous people and we're, you know, funny and we're, we love their families so much. We're such good friends, but we also have that element of us that is, I don't know, immature, irresponsible, like dysfunctional. We have that yeah. element to us that it's a blessing and a curse to people. It's it's yeah, we both, wonderful and we might set your fucking backyard on fire. Right. We both <laughs> we both share that. We right. we are both dysfunctional. We are both responsible. I ha- I am much less so than you now. Uh, or maybe not now. Let's let's go circa 19, 2018 17. Fine. Okay. I'm now now we are both almost matched. I think so. We both have our areas of being dysfunctional. Yes, but but they have that place in their backyard where they put that, you know, Adam was here with the big, you know, fire <laughs> symbol that circa 2018 4th of July. Is there a No, tour? I was the mature one, you were not. So, um, yeah. Well, mature in not setting somebody's house on fire, but immature in other ways. I've never set anybody's house <laughs> on fire. Okay. Um, Okay, so that you know those those types of things I do think are are limiting for us. Like same thing, you didn't want to look at the future. So, you know, you very much lived in the moment. We moved into a huge house because you thought it would be really fun in that moment to move to a huge house. I wanted a huge ring in that moment, not realizing maybe we didn't have the money for it. Like we both have you know, and I'm talking about finances, but there are other things too. Living in the moment has been bo- both a blessing and a curse for us. We have not planned for the future. Right. And one of the other obstacles that I use for myself that I wanted to discuss too, which you just talked about moving to the big house. And I, I always, look, what growing up, I was born in Brooklyn, only lived there for the first year of my life. Things were not great financially for me and my family. We moved out to New Jersey. Things were not good at all for the first few years. And then my dad started this business and things were just out of control good. Things were amazing. And so I was brought up pretty much from age six on living a really good life and seeing my parents live a really nice life. And I always wanted to be that. I always wanted to be my dad. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that as an obstacle because it wasn't kind of in there for me. The, the, those cards were not dealt to me. I didn't start this business. I didn't, you know, start from nothing and go like I, can't, I was, you know, spoon fed into this business. I was lucky to be able to have this to fall back on because, like I said, I didn't I fucked around in school. I didn't go to college or I did for six months and dropped out. I did. I had nowhere to go. So I was lucky to have this business to fall back on. But I was used to the nice big house. I was used to the nice cars. I was used to nice dinners. And that's what I knew. And that's, although I, I never, ever blame my parents in any way for exposing us to, me and my sister, to, to that lifestyle. But that's kind of what I knew and I expected. And it wasn't, it, it wasn't there for me to that extent, but I tried to keep that going. Hence the big house, the nice cars, the nice dinners. The ni- and I would do anything I could. I would finagle our money in any way to make those things happen until it comes all crashing down on us later when we have no money left. You know, so, so a huge obstacle in my life was that I was trying to keep that lifestyle going when we probably shouldn't have. Uh, you think? Yeah. 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 I, I, I spoke about one, there was one experience in my life that now I I sort of think back on, well, I've always sort of thought back on it, but this was the first thing that popped into my head. When I was in college, because I have this really big fear, I spoke about it in the fears episode, and by the way, if people want to hear about the fire in the backyard, that's the boundaries episode, I believe. I don't know what number it is, but it's from like two, fourth of July's ago. But anyway, I, I had this experience. Um, 
petrified of getting in trouble, like literally petrified. Part of that is my OCD. We've spoken about that. I have this thing called scrupulosity where you're, you're really, really afraid of hurting someone or doing something that's going to make somebody's life harder, or you just, you, you can't stand being that person who gets in trouble. But on top of that, I had this experience in college where during the summer, I was working for this program in, in the inner city of Trenton, New Jersey. And I um, was with my best friend. She came and she lived home with me. And we worked in this program. And she and I were sort of the, you know, we were like the only two white girls. And the rest of them were, they, they all came from Trenton, whereas I came from, you know, right around the corner from like Princeton University. And, you know, but, but we all, we had like, anyway, I made great friends there and everything. But most of the counselors were from the inner city of Trenton and did not have the same advantages that we had. So the, the person who ran the program, this woman, was awful. She was just awful to everybody, the counselors, you know, the, me and my friend included, and all the people who came from the inner city. So make a long story short, she, she was constantly making these promises to everybody and, it, and then she wouldn't fulfill them. So she would be like, you know, don't worry about, you know, uh, uh, buying things. You know, I'm going to I'm going to buy everything for the kids to play with in the classrooms. You don't have to worry. And then we show up in the classrooms and there was like nothing to play with. And so we, you know, we would have to bring stuff from home or go out and buy stuff. So she promised everybody pizza on Fridays. And then what happened was. One Friday, like the third Friday of the summer, she comes in and nobody brought their lunch because we were all supposed to bring lunch every day. And she says, I said, oh, you said you were going to give us pizza. And she was like, I never said that. And we're all looking at each other like we don't have fucking lunch. And you promised. I think I was just done with her lying to everybody, especially these kids who were coming from inner city Trenton. They didn't have, you know the luxuries or the money or whatever to be, you know, they probably didn't have the money then to go out and buy pizza by themselves or whatever. And I looked at her and I go, you're a liar. And I guess in that moment, obviously I was, you know, maybe my privilege was showing, but also I think I was just fucking done. And I knew that I was the only one who could step up and say anything. And she fired me like right there on the spot for insubordination, like in front of everybody, humiliated me, yelled at me. And I was sort of like, holy shit, like I've never, like I, I got fired. I, I never in a million years would have imagined that I could get fired for something like that. And I just remember the feeling of that moment of being like, holy shit, I was just humiliated. And, you know, and I, it was, I, I felt it was all very unfair. And it just sort of seemed like um, it was a feeling that I never wanted to replicate. And so I think that as far as jobs in the future and scenarios, I never wanted to put myself in a scenario again where I could get fired. Mm. Like every day when I was teaching and I taught for three years, it was just one step closer to having tenure, one step closer to not being able to get fired. I was petrified. If something happened, if I felt like I said the wrong thing or I did the wrong thing or, you know, I gave the wrong grade, I would be up all night like shaking that I was going to get fired and I think a lot of it stems from that incident of that of of having that feeling and being so fearful of reliving it interesting yeah did you you say long story short I'm sorry (laughs) wow I'm sorry I'm sorry is that bad no 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 no, it's totally fine no really it's a good story is it I thought I mean I think it's relatable it's relatable that's what I was gonna say you know that you you and and listen of course I should have handled it better. You know, I was 19 years but old. But you can't, you can always look back at anything when you're 19 and say, I should have done it better. Yeah, I I, and my heart was in the right place. I was really pissed that she was, fi- it, was it wasn't even really about me or it was about these other kids. Right, of course, these poor kids are thinking, yeah. oh, we're coming in and it's pizza day and mm-hmm. it's exciting and like that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And, and then know, when it doesn't happen, it's a letdown. I was just done and I, I guess, you know, like I said, I, I handled it poorly, but that feeling to me was like the worst feeling I was. And I think that that has held me back a lot. I think, you know, I never wanted to put myself out there and really try to have a career. Maybe in some ways that's part of it. I don't know. A therapist would probably tell me more, but that's my thought that that's been a big limitation for me because I, 
often think of that moment and the feeling. And you know how sometimes you think about a moment and you can almost feel the feeling come back? Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how I those. feel whenever I, f- and it was, you know, 30 years ago. Right. If I'm doing the math correct. I think I did that wrong. 20 years ago. So, yeah. So that was uh, just something I wanted to tell. I think it was more than 20 years ago. I was, I was you 19. Would, you would be 23. You're 22. Okay. Yeah, we're old. Mm-hmm. We're getting old. Mm-hmm. All right, we should take another break. I'm, not I'm another sorry, one. not another a one. Break. We should take a break. Okay. And I'm going to pee, and we'll oh, be right back. Okay, thank you. This episode of Marriage of Martinis is sponsored by Best Fiends. I love it because it really challenges my brain with all of the fun puzzles, but it's a casual game, so it doesn't stress me out, which these days, that's perfect. Best Fiends is a mobile puzzle game and is so much more than your average mobile puzzle game. There are thousands of fun levels and tons of super cute characters to collect. Me and my eight-year-old son are constantly comparing who collected more characters. One awesome thing about Best Fiends, you don't need internet to play. We recently lost our internet for two days here at my house, and I was able to play Best Fiends without the Wi-Fi, which was such a fun way to pass the time. There are also new in-game challenges and events every month, so the game always feels fresh and you'll never be bored of Best Fiends. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Anybody who listened to our episode last week knows that I pulled my back. I won't get into the details of how, but I did. And I'm sitting here right now thinking to myself that I cannot wait to go upstairs and take my feels CBD oil so that I can start to feel better because it really does help. And I've had people for so long asking me about feels and the feedback that I get when people order it and try it for themselves has been so overwhelmingly positive that it makes me so happy that it's helping other people as much as it helps me. It also helps for anxiety, which everyone knows I talked about all the time, especially during a pandemic, because let's face it, we are all feeling more anxious than usual. Feels is grown with care and hand harvested by Colorado and Oregon farmers following organic farming practices. Their goal is to produce the purest end product available. Before Feels even reaches your hand, they test every batch produced with a third-party lab and ensure purity and consistency. If you're nervous about trying CBD for the first time or have no idea your dosage or how to do it, that's not a problem at all. I was worried about the same thing and Feels has an amazing real human hotline that will answer any question that you have and help walk you through all of it. Get Feels delivered straight to your doorstep. Become a member and get 50% off your first order. Feels has me feeling my best every day and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash MNM to get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash M-N-M to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash M-N-M. I want to talk a little bit about the, the obstacles that we spoke about before and how, if and how they hold us back today. I think for me, not going to school or caring about college or caring about what I want to do when I grow up or all those things. Like, if I, I always try to think about today, if something happened to my business and I, I had to close the store, what, what would I do? Which is a realistic worry. Of course. I, I'm in retail. I mean, retail is not, you know, luckily, thank God, things are going okay for us. But if I if if tomorrow I had to close the store, what am I going to do? We this would podcast a- seven days a week. <laughs> would, would everybody listen seven days a week Probably to not. us bullshit about no. nothing at that point? Definitely not. Right, but I, I like I have nothing to fall back on. So I so so growing up that way and 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 just caring about what mattered to me and having fun and things that only I cared about. Yeah. I could probably use that to my advantage somehow, but that was 25 years ago. How can I relate that to today and, and, and to work that into some kind of job or some kind of like, I just don't know. Like it scares me. Mm-hmm. So that's how it affects me. You know, the obstacles that I, that, that I've gone through, like how, what, what would I do? Like, I don't even know. 
If you can tell me, I would love to hear what you have to say. I, I, yeah, no, I, 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 I don't know either. Right. I mean, I have, I have so much knowledge and so much, you know, from what I've been doing for the last 20 plus years, but that's what I got. I can't go to a company and say, oh, I went to fucking Princeton and here's mine at, you know, A Oh, plus so GPA. you're saying that a, a, a not having a college degree to some uh, de- degree is holding you back, is a fucking limitation. Um. I you know what oh. maybe I spoke too soon. No, oh. I don't. I don't believe that. I actually okay. don't. I, okay. I don't believe that. I, I was going to ask you if you think not having a college degree is a limitation for you. I don't think anymore. I'm. Th- I think maybe I'm thinking old school here, because possibly I because could, we always debate about the college I, thing with I our kids. I could go to some company. I could go to. I'll call my friend Jeff Bezos and be like, hey, listen, I know how I can help you because well, I he won't have, give you health care or overtime <laughs> or any benefits that you're going to want. I'll tell you that much. I have experience and I have, you know, so, I, you know, it, I think that's m- today possibly even more. But I don't know where I would go, what I would do. Mm-hmm. So that scares yeah, me. I'm going to sleep well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you too. I mean, you know, you were a teacher for four years. Yeah. Well, what would you, what would you do? You've been out of work for. Uh, excuse uh, me. Uh, being a mom is hard work. No, I know. I have. Uh, what the fuck? We what? are we are fucking podcasters, and we have a social media oh. community. We have we have built something. You, we just if we had more time, it's I think impressive, it would be... and I love it. And you've been doing an incredible job. We have if been doing if I was not job. working tomorrow, I don't know how much it would support us. Right. Well, fully support would be, yeah. I right. don't know that it's paying for three kids' colleges. Um, we should start a GoFundMe. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, definitely. And I think that that is something that we are all facing, or so many of us are facing right now with the pandemic, is is this whole, what's going to happen? Is there going to be another shutdown? We just don't know. Um one thing that is really that I always think about, and I make a lot of memes as jokes about it, and I think a lot of people can relate to some degree, but my lack of energy, I think, really limits me. Like, I am not an energetic person, and I do think part of it is my SSRIs and the side effects of my SSRIs, but I also think that a lot of it is just genetic. My grandmother was like that. My mom is like that. Our daughter is like that. Like... We just need a lot of sleep and rest. Like yeah, I, th- have- I think about that too. By the way, like if you had to go back to work, like I always think to myself, could could you do it? Damn. But could could you do it? Yeah, but I know you need that rest time, and you can't do that when you're raising three kids and working. Right. It doesn't exist. It's not there. Right. Right. But I also think that. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we would figure it out that you would be helping more or, you know, it would be a different scenario. I don't know. But all I know is that my tiredness and I know a lot of people listen when I post those memes and everything, you know, people certainly relate. So it's not just me. And I often wondered, well, is it me? And and am I just not energetic or are other people over fucking scheduled? I don't know. But, you know, I. I and and my brother, it's so interesting because my sister is more like me, although I think she has more energy than I do. My brother, we were just at the beach with him and his family and and he and his wife are like the most and my brother is 10 years older than I am. They have the they have more energy than anybody. Like we were on the the house my parents got. We were very lucky it was on the beach. So, you know, they would literally like they would go to the beach. They would carry everything on their back like to the beach, you know, like beach chairs and and games and whatever and then they'd be like want to race and they would literally my brother and his wife would like race each other to the beach and then play with the kids for like six hours and I'd be like I'm gonna take pictures from the patio Mm -hmm. while I drink my wine and they would just like for so it's he has it I don't know how he has it but I don't but I do think that 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 you know there are certain things that I that that I don't do because I just don't have the fucking energy or motivation to do it. And I do think that that holds me back, that I I get very exhausted. And I have never gone and to see if I have, you know, any kind of like, what's it called? Um, there's like a term for it. Um, I have to look it up. Well, I don't know. But while you're thinking about that, I notice that if you were out, 
working somewhere. I don't think it would be as severe as it is while you're home. Being home, right. When I'm home, I get tired at yeah. one o'clock or, you know, whatever time. I, I get a little lethargic. I get, you know, but when I'm working during the day, that kind of, I, I get tired, uh, you know, I'll yawn or, you know, whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but I'll yawn. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll yawn. That's uh-huh. it. But I, like, I don't feel the need to like go lay down or, you know, relax or, cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. I'm, you know, engaged in something, some kind of project at work or whatever. So I think staying at home kind of enhances that feeling of being tired or not having the energy to do something. Right. Probably. Yeah. Probably. I'm so sure if you weren't, I think you, you would do just fine. Listen, I do the stuff that I have to do. I'm never, you know what I mean? I, I've not, I don't miss the kids when they had plays and you know sports things and whatever I never missed it because I was sleeping I never I've never you know missed picking them up from somewhere like my mom used to do no, but when you I was would, younger but you would schedule things around time well, yeah like we rest. have a friend who plans all our vacations when we go away with her mm-hmm. and she'll like literally be like okay first we are um Whitewater rafting, and then we will be zip lining in the same day, and then later we have a surfing lesson, and then we are going to dinner at two different restaurants because we want to try both the restaurants. Right, of course. But now she knows she's like Danielle is going to be zip lining, and the rest of the day she will be at the hotel <laughs> relaxing and napping while we all do all of those other things. So I have made it very clear. I never try to hide it, and everybody knows that I need that rest. I'm very open about it. I'm like, I'm a fucking tired person. But yeah, it, it does bother me a little bit that I see, you know, people are like, you know, I, I make a joke. I made a meme on Instagram that I said, I'm going to start the one thing a day movement. Where literally, if you're part of this movement, people know you can do one thing a day. Like, don't fucking ask me to take my kids to an amusement park and then after be like, now do you want to go roller skating? No, I don't want to fucking go roller skating. I want to go home, rest, order in dinner, watch Netflix and fucking go to bed. Okay. I don't want to <laughs> do, but but moms do that that I know. They'll be like at amusement park and then they'll be like, you want to meet us now? We're going roller skating. And I'll be like, what the fuck? How? How? What are you taking that I am not taking? I, I don't know. So I, I can't do it. So I, I feel like prioritize that shit and then we can make plans. Which do you want to do more? Amusement park or roller? I'm not fucking doing both. Right. So I can't. I can't do it all. <laughs> like, I just can't. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. So that's all. Are you tired? Should we, do you want to take another break? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I need a nap now before part two. Before we go back into yeah. it. Yeah. No, I took a nap before this, so I'm good. <laughs> that's true. Yep. Did you nap? You slept? I did sleep. Yes. I am a napper. I have made, I have never hidden that. I, I am a napper. That's why (laughs) I like dogs because they make like, I feel like we're on the same schedule. They like run for a little bit. Yeah. You know what's fucked up about the dogs? If, if you're resting, they rest with you Mm -hmm. and there's no noise. There's no barking. There's Mm -hmm. no, but if like you're not there and I want to rest, no, the dogs are running all over the house, barking out the windows, but like there's no quiet time. They know they're quiet with you. Mm-hmm. But with me, they don't do that. Mm-mm. It's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Stupid dogs. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think that they, I feel better when they're with me because I'm like, oh, they need to rest. So I'll just rest with them. Right. Okay. Pause for a second. Yeah, let's take a break. This time, another break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I, just to put it out there, it's interesting to me when you think about the the exhaustion and everything. A long, long time ago, we did an episode about sleep where a lot of places were getting these nap pods in their offices and everything because they realized that people who, you know, sometimes in the middle of the day when your blood sugar drops or whatever happens at around 2, 3 o'clock, 
that you need a little bit of time, you know, and I feel like meeting those needs to people is, is good because not everybody has the same energy level. And one thing that I was listening to this week, which was really interesting, was I don't know how many people saw, I think his name is Brandon Harrington. He's a kid who spoke at the uh, DNC, the Democratic National Convention, and he had a stutter. He has a, you know, he's overcoming um, or trying to overcome speech impediment, speech impediment. The next day, I happened to listen to this episode of This American Life, which is a podcast that I listened to, and there was an episode where a guy stuttered. He went on stage at open mic night um, where there was a two-minute limit for every single person who was doing open mic. Nobody knew he had a speech impediment. When he got up there, he started talking, and then he was like silent for like three minutes. And everyone's just sitting there like looking around like, what the fuck is going on? What is he doing? And then they're like, is this his art that he's silent? Like they didn't know what was going on. And when he could get the words out, he explained to people that you can't have time limits on things because it's not fair. You know, like here he is. He's an artist. He tells stories. He, you know, that's his thing. But he has this speech impediment. So it's like in some ways... You know, and he he says that, like I say with my OCD, he says the speech impediment has mostly been a really beautiful thing in his life. He actually is really glad in a lot of ways that he has it. It's not him and the speech impediment that's the hindrance. It's society. So it's the fact that society hasn't isn't willing to, you know, step it up and make a place for all of these differences and quote unquote disabilities And instead, we're all supposed to fit a time limit or, you know, the same thing with OCD with a time limit. Some of us, you know, if you to leave the house can be a 45 minute process if you have rituals or whatever. Like if society was more understanding, these things wouldn't be such a hindrance. So in a lot of ways, these these quote unquote hurdles help us, but it's how society faces them and deals with them. That is the hard part. So oh, I thought it was so interesting that episode when he was when he was doing that, and then he got up there with the courage to do that. I want to ask you a question: When we're trying to go somewhere, and like up, all the kids are in the car, I'm in the car, and we're waiting for you. Do, no, never. Is ne- that rituals? Nope, never. It's just me having to do last minute shit. So it's not rituals. Mm-mm, never. That's not where my rituals come through. I do want to ask you about your OCD, though, because this is how it's kind of affected. I, I spoke before in the beginning of the episode that you don't want me to get into specifics, and I won't. But you said our friend was here. He got hurt. Can I say how? Nope. Nope. Okay. But the, the fact... One's too fresh. <laughs> the fact was you texted me like a hundred times begging me to call them, make sure they're okay. So many things. It's so hard to talk about because I can't talk specifically. But your OCD just overcame you and you were thinking the worst. And the worst case scenario was going to happen no matter what. And mm-hmm. That's and, always where my mind And is. I had to take care of it. And I, I was going to piss this person off because I was going to keep calling them and you were making me call them. And mm-hmm. and it would make it worse if I had to keep calling. Like, And it just goes on and on. And the worst thing was ever going to happen was going to happen. Yeah. And that's where yes. your OCD 100%. gets. 100%. And you did tell me that. You're like, this is your OCD. I did. Yes. I stopped you in your tracks and I said, listen, your OCD mm-hmm. is escalating this scenario. Right. Well, first of all, this Think is our friend it. and I love him and I don't want him hurt. And of I certainly course. don't want him hurt in our house. Um, but yes, I do think that that was part of, and when something like that happens, I spiral out of control. I don't know if I said this earlier in the episode or not. But I start to, if something like that happens and I feel so bad and so guilty, even though it wasn't my fault, I, I, I feel so terrible that I start going into a downward spiral of, oh my God, I am not set up for the kids to do virtual learning. I'm a terrible mother and I haven't called this person back. I'm a terrible friend. And I spiral and start thinking of, all the things that are terrible about me. <laughs> did you see, I don't want to even make it worse. Did you see our friend who posted, like she set up this homeschooling virtual, yes. like 
Pinterest perfect yes. like virtual learning yes, thing at home. I did see that. <laughs> yes. It, it looked amazing. I yes. looked at that and was like, are you fucking kidding me? I know, Number she's one, so good. you're amazing. I'm not putting you down in any way. I'm right. congratulating you. That's right. incredible. We, I, we, we can never do that. I, I would never even think to do something no, like that. No, we, we would never. No, she made her house into like a classroom and a lot of people are doing that and that's fantastic. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I cannot do that. But yes, I start to, I don't know if other people do this too, but I really start to, if something happens, I become so down on myself that I think of all the negative things, you know, I should be doing more of this. And why am I napping in the middle of the day? And why do I need to do that? Why? And I haven't made those doctor's appointments that I need to make. And I haven't, the kids haven't been brushing their teeth regularly. And like, I start, I just go, I spin out of control negatively. I do kind of get that because we talk to so many people. Because I'm bad in so many ways. No, 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 no. (laughs) Relating to myself because like I talk to people who are like, yeah, we have these 529 set up for the kids and they're set for college and we're putting all the money towards it. And I'm like, fuck. (laughs) I'm like, Mm -hmm. like, we are not adulting properly. Like I have not, like, yeah, I've done it, but I've paid for their books. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which will actually be alcohol because if you're like me and you convince your dad that the French Connection, which was a clothing store near me, was actually a bookstore. I was buying clothes instead of books. (laughs) Yes. Um, So so, so, um, what I was trying to say was I get how you feel because I feel the same way during certain things. But no, I I spiral. Yes. And on those moments, I know that I'm like, I should be on. I should be upping my meds or I should be this or I should be that. But you know what? Turns out like that's just I need to get that under control. But um, are you are you do you listen to anybody like podcasts or YouTube videos or anything that helps you? Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, anybody who's real, that's why it's so important to me on um, Instagram and on our podcast and everything to speak so honestly and be so real um, because I know how that does help that to know that you're not alone. Yes. I mean, I've t- spoken about, you know, Glennon Doyle. I think she's amazing and what, you know, what she's opened up about. Uh, yeah. A lot of real people. And honestly, my community of moms who, uh, if you follow me, you probably follow a lot of these other moms that we have sort of made this community of helping each other. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll text one of them. And I have people in my life who I look up to who I, you know, who, um, I'll text, but yes, uh, do I have a podcast specifically or anything Not like that? Not just a podcast. Just anybody you, I you started the podcast because I didn't feel like I had a podcast like that. Right. Um, or we should, I should say we started. You were there too. Yeah, I was. Um, do I, you know. Or just anybody, any whether it's a celebrity or not, somebody who kind of helps you calm you down, walk you through life and... No. Right. I mean, Oprah, is that allowed? am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Is she still on doing on like well, i don't her know show hasn't been on for like no but like years. does she do something um yeah that, she like, does a lot like no like that you can listen to or watch yeah or... she has her soul her um soul sessions her podcast her super soul conversations which i do listen to sometimes but you know just her overall there are people whose presence just makes me feel better like you know and if i text a friend or something just knowing they're in the world makes me feel better. Like certain things like that make me feel better. Actually, the other day when I was really, really upset, I called Mia down and, you know, she's a teenager. She's upstairs in her room all the time and everything. And I was like, would you come and watch something with me? I didn't want to tell her I was upset or sad or whatever, even though I know you can and that's fine. But um, I just, I was like, will you remember you came down and we were watching Truman show Mm -hmm. together. I just needed her to come downstairs and like, I just wanted to be around her. You know, like I I just wanted to be, and I didn't want to put my shit on her or anything, but I just wanted her near me, which, so we watched a movie together and that was, that really helped. When I came home, how much better was I? I was so upset that I came home and you were like three quarters of the way through Truman Show because I wanted to watch it. But what a better mental space was I in? Much better. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Much better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I, there are, I'm not thinking of any right now, but yes, there are a lot, mostly women who, um, I mm. follow who I really, yeah. How about you? Not Don't really. fucking say Joe Rogan. No, no. Okay. Why? What's Because. I, I watch him. I love his interviews. Mm-hmm. He's like Howard Stern to me. Well, no, not, not sure. Cause I love Howard Stern's yeah, own I personality love Howard Stern. more, but I love Joe Rogan's 
interviews. I love the people he speaks to because he feeds off of them. Mm-hmm. Where more Howard Stern's kind of the other way. Right. Where they feed off of Howard because his personality is so much better. But no, I love, I love, but I, I watched this guy. Um, his name is Graham's. I don't know if it's Stefan, Graham Stephen or Stefan. He, he's a YouTube guy. I just kind of, he, he kind of lives the life that I kind of, if, if I was his age, wish that's where How I was. He? He's like 27, 28. Like when he was 18, he got into real estate, made a million dollars before he was 21 and oh. like, didn't like fuck around. He had no friends. All he did was like work his ass off to get, you know, into real estate and make money. That sounds terrible. That, but, but, but then in his twenties, he's doing this YouTube channel and it's really, it's just like this relatable financial YouTube channel. And does he have friends? Now? And I assume so. I mean, okay. you know, he's, but it's just like kind of an entertaining, fun thing to watch and listen to a little bit of reality of the way I wish I was doing things. That's it. You know, kind of like a Dave Ramsey kind of thing, although I'm not 100% into Dave Ramsey, but I like a lot of his viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. All right, good. Yeah, just just listening to this or watching somebody that I wish I was doing things in those ways somehow. I hear you. Somewhat. I hear Not you. all the way. I hear you. Some of it. Yeah, I, honestly, I think that there's a lack of realness. That's I think that's the whole problem is that, you know, I think that I would like to have more influences who are, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of curated stuff out there, even during the pandemic and everything, when you know that people are struggling and what they're putting out there on social media and on podcasts and, you know, uh, is not real. And, and And it looks really good. And a lot of times, you know, like people who post pictures of their, you know, whatever's going on and it looks like perfection. I'm sort of like, I, I can't, I can't go down that road. I can't pretend. Well, that- that's kind of why we started this podcast. Right. Because oh, of course that's all that was out there on Instagram. Yes. Or wherever I, it was. I'm it, looking for, we were um, trying to show people this is real life. Not that. Yeah. I'm looking for, I'm trying to find um, here. It says a source of inspiration. I asked people on Instagram, uh, who or what has been a, so- a source of inspiration? A lot of people said Joel Osteen, who I don't know much about, but I know he's no. like a big figure. Um, Cheryl Strayed, who wrote Wild, uh, that who I, I really like also. Um, you know, a lot of people said like their parent, you know, their mom or or anything. Um, a book called Radical Acceptance, a few people said. Um, People said, um, you know, a lot of people said meditation, which I say all the time that we're going to start Brene Brown. Um, To Love and Let Go by Rachel Brathen. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to look into it. Um, You know, it was Big Magic by Liz Gilbert. Um, Untamed, Glennon Doyle, a lot of people. At Holistic Psychologist, a lot, you know, there were a lot. I'll I'll share more on Instagram, but, um, but people did have a lot of suggestions that I'll share. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Um, no. I mean, I, I, a lot of people said that they're what is holding them back. Uh, two things that I wanted to talk about. A lot of people, and we spoke about this in the sexy episode. A lot of people said body image and weight loss and everything. And my God, it it really bothers me. It really upsets me. And I have the same. I have the same thing. So I get that. But, you know, I do feel like on top of everything else, we're fighting against society with that. And it limits me in so many ways. Like even I was at, you know, when I was at the beach, I was like so happy that I was just with my family and they were the only ones who were seeing me in a bathing suit. And I still have all of that. And, and, you know, there are times when it does hold me back from things. And I think that a lot of women feel the same. I say women especially. I'm sure there are men too. But it is it is really annoying that that is still something that we're dealing with. But it yeah, is. Yeah, but what do you care? I do like, care. What, like, do you care about any, like, other than me? I don't, I, no. The, the thing that I care, I'm, I, I'm saying I do care in the fact that I care that this is still a fucking struggle. And I care. Listen, I go out to dinner with people and I love my friends. I love my friends. I love the people in my life. But there are times when like we go out to dinner and, you know, I'm like, oh, here comes the ordering process and they're all going to order. You know, they have their and I want a fucking steak with mashed potatoes and extra fucking 
hollandaise sauce. And that's why I love you. And they're ordering, and I love you all. I'm not, I'm not mad Wait at it. Wait a minute. It. Nobody, we don't go out with anybody who orders salads. Uh, you don't go on my girls' nights. No, I don't. Right. No, but when we, when we go out as couples, nobody's ordering salads. Everybody's You're not ordering. noticing as much what they're ordering versus what they're eating. No, I don't notice. Right. So they'll order something. Are they eating it? Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. But anyway, I don't want my friends to be mad at me because I love them. And I know, I know the struggle. I'm there too. But, you know, sometimes it is hard when you want to go out and have a girl's night and just like fucking go crazy. And they're like, I'm on this diet or this diet or I can't have this or I can't have this. And you're sort of like, motherfucker, I just want to have fun. Mm -hmm. So it is hard. But and so I'm there with people knowing that it, it is hard. And another, a lot of people also said fear of failure. But my question is, and I so get that because I have such a fear of failure, is... If there was no one judging you, would you still have this fear of failure? Like if you knew that no one was going to judge you and you could go out and start that business or write that book or whatever it is, and you knew that nobody would be judging you, everybody would just be rooting for you, would you still have that fear? So I wonder, is it fear of failure or is it more fear of judgment? I would think more fear of failure. Like for me, if I was starting something and it, didn't it wouldn't work be more out, that like it didn't work out and now everybody knows it didn't work no, out. No, no, no. Really? For myself, it would be more like, fuck, I failed. I believe that with you because you really don't care what other people think. No, I really don't. I know, which is admirable. I, I, I care about more for myself. Like I, if, if I tried to start something and it failed, I would be depressed for myself, not because of what other people thought. Uh, see, I think that I would be maybe not so much now, although a little bit now. I think more would be like, now I got to fucking tell all these people that it failed and I got to deal with that. Yeah, I don't and, care about that stuff. Oh, that's good. That's no. very healthy. No. Wow, no, it's such more a healthy for, person. <laughs> yeah, I'm very healthy. <laughs> no, no, it's more for me that I would just be like, fuck, that didn't work. Now what do I have to do? Mm -hmm. What's next? Mm -hmm. That's how That's how I think. I, well, 85% when I put out the poll, 85% said that they have definitely been ashamed and humiliated by their limitation, whatever it is, that they feel shame about it. Yeah, I get that. Right. That makes sense. Well, but you just said you don't care. No, but I understand mm -hmm. how somebody can... Yeah. I, like, I have some of that, too. It's not like I'm, you know, I have no shame whatsoever in right. front of other people. It's right. Not, you know. Right. But... Right. I, I know the people that I love don't judge me that way or look at me that way. All right. I think. I think so, too. <laughs> I hope. Right. All three of them. Right. <laughs> and, and that's why I have no friends. No, I have three no, friends no. because of that no, reason. No, people love you. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, our community, you know, it's what's so amazing about Marriage of Martinis is that it's so interesting. Like, I, I don't worry about judgment from other people as much anymore because I put it all out there on Marriage of Martinis. First of all, whatever's happening, they know in my life if they follow me on Instagram or listen to our podcast, no matter what. But also... Our community and I are so real with each other that, you know, they, if I put something out there that I fucked up or whatever, I'm going to get so many positive messages about it that I, I, I don't care that much anymore. Right. I want those to be the people who I go out to dinner with and order. Well, this, this whole social media thing has changed you, I think. What do you mean? In what way? Like not caring as much right, about. Right, right. Well, the, the podcast, knowing, listen, knowing that we did it and we put it all out there and now right. what the fuck am I hiding? Right. People know I fail every day. I literally, the first thing that happens when I fuck up is I put it out there for everybody to see. Right. And you they're know? like, I failed the same way and here's why. And you guys kind of connect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's, I'm more like, I'm like, oh, I failed. This is good content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, I think about it completely differently now. Okay. okay. Done? Ooh, done. We okay? Let's go order some sushi. Yeah, let's do that. I'm hungry. That sounds good. Okay. All right, guys. It's nice to be back. It is nice to be back. Um, we are very close to a thousand ratings and reviews. I know I keep saying that. Please, oh, we're not please, there yet. please. We're not there yet, but we're almost there. If you are enjoying the podcast, please go rate and review. It really does help us. Um, and also we're almost at three hundred thousand Instagram followers. If you know anybody who might want to follow us it's it's exciting to get to 300,000 those are milestones for us that we that I do look forward to that are, are awesome and also just knowing that more people are joining our community and laughing with us and crying with us and you know being real with us if you know anybody who might want to follow us just send okay. them a set them an at marriage and martinis <laughs> all right guys 
Thanks very much. It's good to be back. We'll be it back is. again next week. Yep. We're doing it. We're going to make sure there's no more weeks off, hopefully. Well, we've always been really good about it. It was three weeks. This is the first time we've ever done ever. that. Ever. And I think yeah. we'll probably do it again next next August. I think August will be our month off. A month off? Oh, three weeks. Two weeks, three really? weeks. Really? Why? What's next August? What are we doing? We're not hopefully moving again, we won't, are we? Hopefully we won't be banned from every fucking place and we can go somewhere and have a little bit of a vacation or something. I mean, I'd like to think that next August we will be able to leave our house without a mask. Yeah, good Maybe. luck with that. That would be amazing. Okay. All right. Thanks, All right. guys. Love you, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.